Sri Vishnu Sahasranam, Nama 803. Shringi, those who are readers of Srimad Bhagavatam and who are not so much familiar with Vishnu Sahasranam may be surprised to hear that one of the names of the Supreme Lord is Shringi because that name is known in the Bhagavatam as the son of a Brahmana who cursed Purikshit Maharaj. His name was Shringi. So it doesn't seem to be such a good name. Shringa means a horn or a peak of a mountain or something like that. So the name Shringi means one who has or is associated with a horn or a peak of a mountain or some such thing. So this name can apply to the Supreme Lord, can apply to others also. In the case of Shringi, <clears throat> the boy, who, the son of Shamika Rishi, it's not specifically said why he had that name. Often names are... Well, names are given in consultation with uh, astrologers um, <clears throat> in Vedic culture, and it often can refer to some characteristic in, in their personality, or it may be to offset some <clears throat> untoward astrological influence. There are various reasons names may be given, but Shringi, uh, the boy who cursed Purikshin Maharaj, is not known to have a horn. This series of names that we're going through in Vishnu Sahasranam is interpreted, each one of the names is interpreted by Parashara Bhatta in terms of the Buddha avatar. We may wonder, well, what's Buddha got to do with a horn or any such thing? <clears throat> Don't get it. Well, Parashara Bhatta explains that he carried, Buddha Dev carried in his hand uh, a bunch of peacock feathers and that resembles a horn. In this regard, Sri Parasha Bhatta quotes from Vishnu Purana, Tato digambaro mundo bari patra dharodvija Maya moha, maya moho suran slakshnam idam vachanam abravit. Barhi patra dharodvija. <clears throat> Barhi, that word, those who are familiar with Bhagavatam, they, they'll know this word, uh, the, the peacock, peacock feather. Bahapidam, the famous verse in Bhagavatam, the gopis describe Krishna. The first, in describing his beautiful fish, Bahapidam, Natavaravapu, he was decorated with peacock feathers. He had a form just like an actor, dramatic actor. <clears throat> so, this verse, Tato, thereupon, Digambaro mundo, naked, 
with shaven head, holding peacock feathers. He spoke, idam vachanam abravit, it's a common phrase in Sanskrit. Then he said, so, the Buddha Dev approached the, actually the demons engaged in penances, but with some semblance of spirituality. <clears throat> so Buddha Dev, naked, with peacock feathers in his hair, shaven head, himself looking like a spiritual ascetic, addressed them. Idam vacharam abravit. He spoke to them. So there's the evidence for that. Now, Shringi, the name is more commonly connected with Matsya avatar and, or, and Varaha avatar, especially Matsya avatar. We already discussed this in the names that, or the name that came previously, the uh, Mahashringa. And also there's Naika Shringa. <clears throat> so it's already covered, but we'll go through it again. It's Shringi, Mahashringa, Naika Shringa. They all incorporate the Shringa idea. Shankaracharya, he gives the meaning of this name straightforwardly, Matsya Avatar, because it's very well known that Matsya Avatar had a horn. Very well known means that it's stated in Shastra Saj. He had a horn, a fish with a horn, uh, <clears throat> by which uh, the boat that Satyavrata, he had the uh, horn on the order of uh, Matsya, the first avatar. He tied on the order of Matsya avatar, Maharaj Satyavrata, he tied his boat to the horn of Matsya Dev using the snake Vasuki. And then in the water of devastation, the, the fish guided the ship in the sea and kept the ship safe. Pralayapayo dhijale dhritavana sivedam vihitava hitra charitrama kedam keshava dhrita mina shreira jaya jagadisha hari O Keshava, O Lord of the universe, O Lord Hari, who have assumed the form of a fish, all glories to you. You easily acted. Easily means akedam, no problem. You easily acted as a boat in the form of a giant fish to give protection to the Vedas which had sunk in the turbulent sea of devastation. That's not exactly uh, stated in the Satyavrata uh, <coughs> incident. Now, elsewhere in the same Bhagavatam, the, the, the Canto 8 describes or gives a brief overview of the appearance of Matsya Avatar, who appeared first of all as a tiny little fish, as Satyavrata went to offer his oblations in the water and gradually became so huge he could only go in the sea. Uh, but in the sixth canto, and, and he, 
Manu, the Satyavrata, he tied the boat with Vasuki to the horn on the fish. But in the sixth canto, it's stated that uh, the Manu named King Satyavrata formerly saved himself by tying the small boat of the entire world to the horn of the Matsya Avatar. So there it said that the whole world was the boat, small in relation to the horn of the Matsya Avatar. So really that's Mahashringa, very big. In Brihad Bhagavatamrita, we, we, we get uh, some harmonization or understanding how it's described that he pralayapayo dijale dhritavana sivedam vedam. He saved the Vedas in the water of devastation. And Satyavratamuni, it's, it's the uh, archetypal Noah's Ark story. Actually, the Noah's Ark story, there are so many. In, in the, what from the Western historical perspective is considered the ancient world or prehistoric world, whatever that means, prehistoric world. <laughs> it's a really uh, Western cultural specific kind of term. <clears throat> but in that whole area, Babylonia, Mesopotamia, and all that area, there are so many stories of uh, what they would nowadays call folk stories of devastation, a flood, and a boat saving a few people who then repopulated the earth and with keeping all the different animals and birds and plants. The animals went in two by two and all that kind of thing. Uh, so Noah's Ark, the story that historically scholars who are interested in historically studying the Bible find that the Noah's Ark story is not a new story. It, it was predated by so many other stories like that. Anyway, this uh, saving the Vedas or saving Noah or Manu or whatever it is, the Brihad Bhagavatamrita harmonizes this by saying that Matsya, the greatest of fish, appeared once at the end of a cycle of yogas to save the Vedas during the devastating flood of the universe and appeared once more during a partial flood of the lower part of the universe to show his mercy to Satyavratimoni. So both are there. And many times in Shastra we find that there are, there are somewhat different descriptions of various pastimes and that's because they repeat. Or the, the Lord appears in different forms and different times. Uh, this idea that, talking about prehistoric, history began just about, what, 3,000 years ago or something. Silly idea coming from silly people who don't accept the Vedic knowledge and think that they themselves are the arbiters of history, culture, knowledge, civilization, and so on. It's Kali Yuga. Everything is back to front, upside down, inside out. Now, Matsya Dev, the first avatar, but we don't find many temples dedicated to him. Uh, 
for whatever reason, <laughs> uh, there's I, two that are in South India. I haven't visited either, but by the grace of Sri Internet, I was able to find some little bits and pieces about Matsya Temple so we can take a virtual little tour, not really a tour, but a visit to two temples of Matsya Dev, the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the form of a fish uh, in South India. Uh, one is close to Tirupati. It's in Chitur district, which means it's close to Tirupati in Andhra Pradesh. Veda Narayan Swami Temple. Now, there are other Veda Narayan Swami temples also, but this is in a particular village, village called Nagalapuram. And this temple was established by the famous Krishna Deva Rai. He established the temple and he named the place, the, the village around it. He established the temple, which means you have to make facilities for the brahmanas and visitors, and then you have to establish a whole village. It's not just brahmanas, there have to be other people also to do various things, barbers and washermen and so many other. So he established this and he called the place Nagalapuram in memory of his mother Nagamba. And the temple is now managed and maintained by TTD, which is uh, a, a famous acronym among the religious Hindus of uh, the Telugu-speaking area, Tirumala Tirupati Devastanam, managed by them. Now, in this temple, Matsya Avatar is seen, and as is typical in Sri Vaishnava temples, he's seen, the, the, the Supreme Lord is seen with particularly with two of his consorts, Sri Devi and Bhu Devi. Matsya Dev is seen as Lord Vishnu, the upper form of his body, with, with the conch, the Sudarshan Chakra. Sudarshan Chakra is just being held, just about ready to be released. Watch out. And the lower part of the body is in the form of a fish. And in the paintings in the iconography of Matsya Dev, he is often featured in that form also. Now, in the Vedic culture, they, they often, the, the uh, sponsors of Vedic cultures and the, the maintainers and the perpetrators of Vedic culture, they often exhibited their extraordinary knowledge and skills in extraordinary ways. And here at this temple of Vednarayan Swami is it's seen that the the temple is made in such a way that the entrance of the temple is six hundred feet from the deity. Okay, nothing particularly unusual about that. But the temple is made in such a way that in the 
twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth day of the month of Falgun, every year, the sun going through the entrance of the temple falls upon the deity. On the first of those three days, the sun, just as the sun is rising, the sun will fall at the feet of the Lord, on the second day on the chest of Lord, and the third day on the forehead. And there are other temples like that. At Radha Kund, there's a temple, this temple, Manipuri temple is set up in such a way that on one day, same day every year, the, the sun will, just on sunrise, will illuminate the deity. And it's, it's set up with knowledge of astronomy and extraordinary skill in making the temple in such a way that that Surya Dev worships his Lord Bhagavan Narayana in this way. Another temple of Matsya Dev is in Hegdal in Belari district in Karnataka. So Belari district, that's in Karnataka, but that's also Belari is a Telugu-speaking area. So two temples in the uh, Telugu area. Matsinarayan Swami temple in, in, a, in a village as in that area. And this temple was constructed as recently as 1926, just four years to the centenary. What There was a uh, Sri Ambalam Bucci Venkatacha. By his name we can understand that he's a Brahmana and a, an Archaka. He's a Pujari by caste. So what happened? Vishnu appeared in the dream of Venkatachara and informed him that a Matsena, I, in the form of Dev, I'm in the Tungabhadra riverbed. So, several times this dream came to him and then Sri Venkatacha approached the king of that area and then the king arranged for search, found the deity and gave the deity to Sri Venkatacha. And then he had the deity, large deity. And then again the Lord appeared in the dream and told him to go to the village of Pinjar Hegdal. And then the Acharya then met the Vaishnavas. There were so many Vaishnavas in that village. And uh, he asked them for a piece of land to construct a temple. Uh, they gave land. He constructed a temple, installed a deity. And this is a forearm deity and with forearms, with the Shankar Chakra Gada. Uh, Shankar Chakra, and the other two hands, uh, one is in the uh, Varada Mudra and the other in the Abhai Mudra. And in the, lower, the lower half is in the form of a fish. 
This can also uh, refer to Varahadev, who held up the earth. Um, this it's said on his teeth, on his tusks, but that can also, because of the shape of that, that can also be called a shringa, as referred to in previously. Um, Mahavaraha, that name came up. Now, when we think of peaks and mountains, what about Govardhan? There are so many great mountains in, in uh, Vedic history, Puranas, so many important mountains. Himalayas are the most famous mountains in India, but they're by no means the only. There are so many mountains. Govardhan is there, just one. He's standing uh, somewhat alone, just to his west. The, the, the hills begin. Uh, and, and Aravali, uh, Vindhya, and then what are called the eastern and western Ghats, the... Uh, Shayadri and the Shivalik hills, so many, so many hills are there in India. Among them all, we who are the aspirants to worship the lotus feet of the Vaishnavas, the worshippers of Vishnu, we recognize the Haridasavarya, the best of all servants of Lord Hari is Sri Govardhan and Sri uh, Satya Sandhya Yati Raj. He says, Shringani Govardhan, uh, Govardhan Shringani Asya Santi Iti Shringi. So here, Shringani, the pl in plural form, Govardhan has so many peaks. Uh, <clears throat> so, he carried the Govardhan hill. Now, typical of Satyadeva Vashishta, he gives an interpretation in terms of how the Supreme Lord acts within this material world. He interprets the term Shringa as a ray or emanation or any kind of energy and says that Bhagavan has given all living beings a certain kind of energy or power and in this way he's called Shringi and uh, particularly the Shringa of the, 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 of the serpent are his fangs, the tail of a scorpion is his Shringa and the one who gives that is Shringi. Satyadeva Vashishta uh, a novel commentator on the Vishnu Sahasranama. Many of his interpretations are in terms of the Supreme Lord's influence in this material world. Then Krishna Datta Bharadvaj gives a completely different uh, understanding. And these are all absolutely bona fide understandings. Uh, the shra means himzayam, to hurt and to, to kill, who destroys. So who destroys the fear of rebirth in his devotees? Shringi. Our own Baladev Vidyabhushan gives a Vrindavan understanding. 
And in this regard, he quotes from Bhagavatam about Krishna. This is Bhagavatam, 10th canto, chapter 12, text 1. Krishna, the cowherd boy. Prabhodaya sringaravena charuna venirgato vatsa pura sarohari. Awaking all, getting all the cowherd boys to wake up with the sound of his horn, his buffalo horn. Ah. Krishna is early in the morning. Krishna left for the forest, keeping the calves in front. So this is young Krishna, playing his buffalo horn. That is Shringi. Another meaning of Shringi, this is given from the uh, Madhva Sampradaya. Pradhanyat Shringi Iti. Pradhanya means his uh, predominance overall, or he's the chief of all. So this is very much a Madhva uh, understood. It's a fact, but it's a fact that is especially emphasized more than any other sampradaya. Hari Sarvotama, that because he is the best of all, on top of all, Hari, that he is Sarvotama. So here they give the meaning Pradhanyat Shringi Iti. From his quality of being chief of all, he is known as Shringi. Hari Krishna. So, if you like, you can name one of your children. If you have a, have a male child and the, the astrologers tell you the name should begin with the Sh, you might like to give the name Shama Sundara, Shama, Shama Gopal, Shankadhari. There are so many names you're getting with Sh. You might also call Shringi and then we say, what, what, what? That boy, that boy who cursed Purukshit? That's not a good name. It's a very good name. Even if it's used by someone who's not so good. There are many examples of people who have good names, but they themselves are not so good. But the very fact that they have a good name helps them so much. Srila Prabhupada was very critical of the Gita commentary of Dr. Radha Krishnan. Personally, he, Srila Prabhupada respected him in many ways, but he took much exception to the impersonalistic commentary on Bhagavad Gita by Dr. Radha Krishnan. But the very fact that his name is Radha Krishnan, and the very fact that Srila Prabhupada took notice of him, uh, is to his eternal benefit. So it's very important to give children names that are connected with the Supreme Lord uh, and not give them some kind of fashionable name. There's, in Vedic culture, there's a reason 
for everything. Everything is meant to connect us with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, either directly or indirectly. Uh, the Supreme Personality of Godhead especially makes himself easily available to us in his holy name. So it's very important to keep the holy names of the Lord prominent in our lives, not just in our kirtan chanting or our japa chanting, but in everything, just like at the beginning of a letter, we may, we may, we put uh, Sri Sri Guru Gaurango Jayat, something like this. I, I remember this sticks in my mind. Uh, once I went to Sri Rangam, it was a long time ago, it was probably about, about 30 years ago, and uh, I wanted to meet someone, I can't remember who it was. And I went to their house, it was one of the priests, and I went to their house, and just, I was directed to a house just in front of the main Gopuram, not, not the main Gopuram, not the main Gopuram, but the main entrance of the temple itself. And, uh, one young girl came out, about 15 years old, and she got a piece of paper and she, I can't remember if she had a phone number or an address where I could, where he was at that time. And just at the top, she wrote in Devanagari script, Sri Hari, just to give me a little note, some phone number or something, but she wrote that, that was her practice, she trained in that. Very good practice. Remember the names of Lord Hari? Shringi is one of the 1,000 names of Lord Vishnu recited by Bhishma Dev to Yudhishthira and all others who are present, including Shringi himself, Krishna himself, very happily listened to Bhishma Dev recite those names. So if we recite those names, we won't come to the position of Bhishma exactly, because he's such an exalted devotee, but we can follow in his footsteps and Krishna will be pleased with us. And we can chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, and Krishna will be pleased with us. And if Krishna is pleased with us, that is the perfection of our lives. Vancha kalpatarubhyascha kripa sindhubhyavacha patita nam pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo namaha dante nitaya chunakam padayo nipatya kritvacha kakushatametata Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. 
Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Srila Prabhupada Kija.